It's that time of the year again, folks, when we celebrate American independence by eating too much, drinking too much, getting sunburned and blowing off at least one digit while doing something stupid with pyrotechnics. I'll never forget the carefree summers of my youth spent making sparkler bombs out of cheap fireworks and duct tape, tossing them into an old storm cellar and shouting, DIE HITLER! as my brother, cousin, and I played out some really freaking weird version of World War II. You know, normal kid stuff. Anyway, I wanted to choose a topic that's relevant to Independence Day for this week's podcast, and that took a bit of work. As you probably know, Arkansas was not one of the 13 colonies, and there wasn't a lot of uh, recorded history happening here for a very long time. However, that's not to say that no recorded history took place here during that time. In fact, there was one battle of the American Revolution fought in the land that would one day become Arkansas. To tell you about this, we'll have to go back to April 17th, 1783. Here's the story of the Battle of Arkansas Post, perhaps more appropriately known as Colbert's Raid. Arkansas Post was established in 1686 as a French trading post on the lower Arkansas River in a territory that was then known as La Louisiane, or French Louisiana. In 1762, King Louis XV ceded portions of French Louisiana west of the Mississippi River to Spain in anticipation of losing the Seven Years' War, also known as the French and Indian War. This was seen as favorable to being forced to hand over the land to the perennial rival Britain as Spain and France tended to be on good terms with one another. However, the land now known as La Louisiana, or Spanish Louisiana, was a vast frontier and news moved slowly. Spanish troops didn't arrive at Arkansas Post until 1766, and even then, between the irreverent and independent French trappers and the presence of the British just across the Mississippi River, they struggled to maintain order at the settlement. The relationship between the Spanish and British would only grow more strained from there. On April 19, 1775, the shot heard round the world was fired in Massachusetts and the American Revolution began. Three years later, on June 13, 1778, France declared war on Great Britain and formed an alliance with the revolting colonies of the Atlantic coast. A year later, in 1779, Spain offered support to the American colonists. However, even before this, Spanish-allied Native American tribes had been operating against the British and their allies. Arkansas Post was far from the front lines of the Revolution, though, and they were dealing with their own problems. At the time, they were working to move the Post to higher ground, which would be less likely to flood, and more defensible as it surrounded Fort Carlos III. They would eventually be drawn into the fray, though. In spite of a peace treaty between the two nations signed on January 20th, 1779, until the war ended in 1783, the Spanish and British would fight several small battles in the lower Mississippi Valley. Those battles tended to go in the Spanish favor. They claimed the abandoned British post of Concordia, across from the mouth of the Arkansas River, then claimed the eastern bank of the Mississippi River from the mouth of the White and St. Francis Rivers to Natchez. The Spanish drove the British out of garrisons in Manshock and Baton Rouge, taking many prisoners as they did. All this fighting essentially wiped out the structured British military presence in the area. The Loyalists were scattered and few in number. 
Some formed small groups that engaged in guerrilla warfare. Uh, many joined the ranks of British allied Native American tribes. Uh, one such group was led by former British Army Captain James Colbert. Colbert knew that he couldn't remove the Spanish from the region entirely, but he could make their lives much harder by disrupting commerce along the Mississippi River, especially if Arkansas Post was neutralized. James Colbert was Scottish and about 60 years old at the time. He had lived among the Chickasaw for 40 years, marrying Chickasaw women three times and fathering 11 sons. He was said to speak the Chickasaw language better than English, and he had become a prominent figure in the Chickasaw community in his area. He commanded a group of 82 men. Of those, 65 were British, 11 were either Chickasaw or Natchez, 5 were black former slaves, and 1 was French. They maintained an encampment on the Wolf River near the Chickasaw Bluffs in the area of modern-day Memphis. Meanwhile, Fort Carlos III was defended by 40 men and two cannons. The men included 33 Spaniards, four Quapaw, and three French. They were led by Commander Jacobo Dubrail, Lieutenant Luis de Villars, and Sergeant Alexo Pastor. The settlement of Arkansas Post surrounded Fort Carlos, and around a dozen families made their home there. Putting their plan in place to seize control of Arkansas Post, Colbert's flotilla began making their way down the Mississippi River. They forced several vessels off the river and raided others, stealing the goods that were being transported. During the evening of April 16th, they reached the village of Ossetoy, home to Spanish-allied Quapaw people, led by Angaska. The party told Angaska they were Americans en route to visit the Spanish garrison to talk with Commander Dubreuil and gave the chief a gift of rum. The ruse worked and Angaska allowed Colbert's group to continue toward the post. By midnight on the 17th, they made it to the outskirts of the post. They muffled their canoe paddles with leather to ensure that no one heard them approaching. They came ashore some distance away from the village and left seven men behind to, to guard their canoes. At around 2.30 a.m., the raid began. Colbert's men surrounded Arkansas Post and captured all but four families who managed to escape to Fort Carlos. Among those captured were Lieutenant DVRs and Sergeant Pastor. The noise of the raid awoke the Spanish garrison, and Commander Dubreuil launched a counterattack. During the counterattack, the Spanish forces sustained two losses, but Sergeant Pastor managed to escape. At around 3 a.m., Colbert's party entrenched themselves in a ravine just outside the fort, where they were protected from cannon fire. The two sides exchanged gunfire for six hours, with neither sustaining any casualties. At 9 a.m., Commander Dubreuil, fearing the attackers were setting up artillery, ordered Sergeant Pastor, nine soldiers, and four Quapaw to prepare to make a sortie. Around the same time, Colbert sent a message to the garrison. To ensure it made it through the gates of the fort, he sent the message with one of his officers and Maria Luisa Villars, the wife of Lieutenant de Villars. However, the officer fled in fright straight away, and his message was delivered by Madame Villars alone. Colbert demanded the surrender of the fort to his forces. Obviously, Commander Dubreuil refused. Instead, he sent out Sergeant Pastor's sortie. They ran out of the fort, shouting Quapaw war cries and firing their muskets. This frightened the attackers so much that they quickly fled, uh, with their prisoners, to their canoes. During this hasty retreat, one of Colbert's men was killed and another injured. 
As he was leaving, Colbert drove a tomahawk into the ground, symbolizing his intent to return. Uh, perhaps more clear, though, was the message that he left for Dubrowil, delivered through a released captive. Colbert promised to return at noon with 500 Chickasaws, two boats, and cannons if the Spanish did not surrender the fort. Once again, Commander Dubrowil ignored Colbert's demands, and nothing ever came of the threat. Commander Dubrowil soon learned of Colbert's deception of Angaska and was uh, unhappy. In order to repair their alliance, Angaska was sent on a mission with a group of 100 Quapaw and 20 Spaniards to retrieve the prisoners. They caught up to Colbert's flotilla one week later on April 24th. By bluffing and convincing Colbert that he had 250 men with him, Angaska managed to negotiate the release of all but eight prisoners. The most difficult negotiations were for the release of Lieutenant DVRs. Eventually, they had to agree to release five British prisoners who had been arrested by the Spanish in Natchez. The remaining prisoners were kept by Colbert to ensure his group's safe passage back into Chickasaw territory. On May 5th, Commander Dubrowil wrote to Esteban Rodriguez Miro, the Spanish governor of Louisiana, to tell of the battle. On May 16th, Miro wrote to Colbert, informing him of the January 20th peace treaty between Britain and Spain, and requesting that all property and prisoners be returned unconditionally. Colbert released all prisoners, but refused to return the seized property. The impact of the Colbert raid was minimal, especially outside of the region. In the end, the battle only involved about 120 men, uh, leaving three dead and two injured. Arkansas Post remained under Spanish control until 1800, when it was returned to the French in exchange for territories in northern Italy. The land that is now Arkansas would join the United States in 1804 as part of the Louisiana Purchase. From there, it would be some 32 years before it became a state, but that's a story for another time. This has been Mapstronaut. Thanks for listening, and have a great 4th of July.